Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I hope you are having a fantastic day because we're about ready to share some fabulous Facebook strategies with you. Our guest today is Shane Johnston, and during the next hour, buckle up because you are going to learn the biggest issues facing entrepreneurs this year, why Facebook social media marketing needs to be on every business's radar right now, why Facebook marketing is so powerful yet so few have figured out how to crack the code, the secret of cracking the code on Facebook marketing, and it's not what you think. Also, you're going to learn the Facebook marketing kiss test, the brush fire marketing technique, as well as the one thing that every business entrepreneur should have as a strategy now. Our guest today, Shane Johnston, is a coach, a speaker, and online product launch expert who is the founder of Raw and Real Marketing Group. Shane's specialty is using Facebook marketing to build up buzz for a product launch and then get massive sales for his clients. His website is rawandrealmarketing.com. Welcome to you, Shane. Hey, Marty. How are you? I'm so, so happy to be here to help you and all of your crowd. Well, that's great. And I tell you what, you guys, the way that I met Shane was because my friend, Cindy Ashton, was doing a launch, and I was watching with my jaw down going, wow, wow, this is incredible. And Shane, I just want to say that, you know, I've just watched you do what you do a little bit from a distance, and I know you're really good at it, and I'm really grateful that you're here to share some strategies with us today. And you guys, if you need more help than what you get in this hour, which, you know, some of you for sure are going to need, um, be sure to go over to his website and check that out at rawandrealmarketing.com. Shane, when did you decide that out of all the things to do in the world, you wanted to help people with Facebook marketing? Wow. So that's a pretty loaded question. Um, that's a good one, though. But, you know, like I think like probably a lot of your listeners, it isn't something where I, you know, strategically set out and said, hey, I'm going to use uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, platform to make sure that I can launch uh, businesses, including Cindy's and all the wonderful clients I have. And by the way, it's not my great stuff that is uh, doing so well. It's all the wonderful customers that I have who have great things themselves, and it just makes my job all that much easier. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't something that I strategically set out to do. As a matter of fact, I started a long time ago in the corporate world in technology launches. And so I've always been doing um, large uh, product launches of some sort. Um, but I, what happened was I, I had a big corporate career and decided that I wanted to get out of that corporate world. It was just kind of getting a little bit tired. And so about t 10 or 12 years ago, I decided to uh, open a retail business. Believe it or not, I went from technology, you know, software, you know, big launches in the corporations, uh, Fortune 100 kind of companies. I went to owning my own retail store, building pools and hot tubs and all kinds of home recreational products. And really it was there that I kind of learned that companies don't do a really good, great job of marketing. You know, they're always kind of yelling hmm. in people's faces and saying, come buy from me, come <laughs> buy from me. And yeah. 
So, I mean, I thought because I had this big corporate background in doing product launches and sales and advertising and all that kind of thing, I thought I kind of knew what to do, but I very quickly realized that this whole marketing thing, especially when you're a small company, is a whole different animal altogether. And so I really had to kind of figure out what to do, and I struggled for, I'd say I probably struggled for a good two years. So this isn't something that just, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you wake up one day and magically you're able to do and the the real uh, I guess you know pivotal moment for me was that I I hired a coach um, down in Dallas. I flew to Dallas for boot camp. Um, this guy uh, Rich Carroll really helped out with figuring out how to do marketing in a whole different way. And instead of yelling in people's faces, because I didn't really it wasn't my natural way of being, and I don't like you right. know, putting ads out in papers or online or whatever, saying come buy from me because we're having a sale and that sale is going to end at the you know end of next week. It's just not natural. And people, right. you know, people are sophisticated buyers now. I mean, come on. They've figured out that this is not real. And so I learned this whole way of, um, it was really kind of reciprocity-based marketing. And one thing led to another. Um, I started doing email kind of marketing where I would put out like an ebook that would help people in, in making their buying decisions without asking for anything in return. And before I knew it, people were coming into my store with this little ebook all kind of torn up and little handwritten notes <laughs> and stuff. And literally, they were kind of they were coming in and putting their arm around me, like physically, literally putting their arm around me, going, "Shane, I just you help me. I can't believe this." And I'm going, "Do I know Aww. you?" And it was <laughs> such a great, great feeling. So I realized that there's this whole different way of doing this marketing, and mm. it kind of one thing evolved to another. And really, the Facebook marketing part of it didn't start happening for me until about two and a half, maybe three years ago, and it's only because Facebook is such a large medium. I mean, there's over right. a billion people on there, and I think it's something like 780 million active daily users. So, I mean, right. I, Facebook isn't really, it's not because it's Facebook, it's because I go to whatever medium that people are at. So you want to meet, you want to meet your audience wherever they are. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's great. Well, of course, inquiring minds want to know, is that ebook still available to people? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's like 10 or 12 years ago, and this was like oh, way back. Oh, no. This okay. was a long time ago. And so, I mean, and I didn't write an e Like, there was a lot of stuff out there where it was like a buyer's guide on, you know, sure. how to, what to look for in a hot tub or a pool. And, and this isn't just about that market. This, this can be applied to any marketplace or to any niche. Okay. But I mean, mm-hmm. basically, I find that a lot of businesses show up with their information as kind of brochureware. I call it the, call right. it the show up and throw up routine. They want to talk about <laughs> them and they want to talk about their products when really it's all about your audience and what do they need to help them and what's the benefit to them. So I flipped right. this ebook around and it wasn't a really big ebook and it wasn't even really well written. I'm not a great writer. It was maybe eight or ten pages long at the most. But what I realized at the time was that our industry was kind of in a shambles. There was, there was too many of us around, or too many of the manufacturers around. It was huh. kind of like at the turn of the century when there was over 200 car manufacturers. You know, the, the, at that time, 10 or 12 years ago, there was too many hot tub and pool manufacturers, and there needed okay. to be kind of a, a cleansing of that world. But what was happening was we had this whole um, persona of having kind of like timeshare sales reps, like very pushy, very sleazy, you know, they would use tricks to try and trick you into buying. So what I did was I wrote this ebook and I turned our industry inside out and I exposed all these known tricks that that were inside the industry that these guys were doing. And the way I did that was 
And I knew they were happening, but I really didn't discuss it with my clients because I was kind of embarrassed that it was a part of this industry that was a little bit sleazy. It's cleaned up a lot now, but it's kind of an unregulated industry. And so what I found was that um, by telling people about what's wrong, even if it is your industry, and helping them make a decision based on giving them proper knowledge, what ends up happening is they end up coming back around to you. And that, that uh, theory, I mean, that can be applied anywhere in, in life or business. Well, what do, you, what do you feel like are the biggest issues facing entrepreneurs right now? Um, well, so for 2014, honestly, the, the, I think the biggest single issue is just being heard. And, right. and it kind of boils down to that same issue that, I mean, being heard and yelling as loud as you can it's, you know, there are two opposite ends of the spectrum and people think if they yell louder and they yell on more, in, in more forums and more mediums that they're going to be heard. And really what it is is it's inverting that whole paradigm. And instead of doing that, do, you know, like I, I, I guess it's called attraction-based marketing where you just help people. Some of them will end up coming and, and using your services or buying your products and some of them won't. But, you know, the ones that you helped that uh, go on their merry way and do something with somebody else or maybe um, even do it on their own, then that's great. You know, you're putting out good uh, vibes into the, into, the, uh, into the world, and that's a, a great thing. But being heard in a way where uh, I guess I could relate it to, I was just at a conference uh, a few weeks ago in San Diego, and we had the um, uh, benefit of having Gary Vanyarchuk come and speak to us. And he just wrote a book that's uh, out right now called... Um, jab, 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 right hook. And what he means by that is simply, you know, you need to give, give, give. And then the right hook is you can make an offer to somebody, but only it's an 80-20 rule. You know, put it out there, give help to your industry, give help to your people who could potentially be your clients. And then it's okay every once in a while to make a right hook or to make an offer, and most likely, if you've been very good about helping them all along that way, then they're probably going to take you up on that offer. It's a nicer way yeah. of doing it. But yeah, having businesses be heard in a way that um, makes sense that way, that helps people, that's going to be the number one issue because, I mean, the especially everyone's in, involved now in social media and blogs, and now there's you know there's all kinds of things like YouTube and different video platforms, and now there's a lot of podcasting. There's so many different mediums call it multicasting, and you want to be a part of all of those, but you can't show up yelling at people, and again, that, doing that thing that I, that I talked about earlier where you're saying, you know, come buy from me, you, you need to come buy from me, please come buy from me. It sounds desperate, and it really doesn't help your audience, and it doesn't do anyone any good, and as a matter of fact, it probably most likely will have the opposite effect that you want. It's going to repel people rather than attract them. So... You're, you're pretty convinced that um, social media marketing, especially Facebook, needs to be on every business's radar this year. Why do you feel like Facebook is so important? Well, I think that um, you want to show up on, like I said before, multicasting or multimedia. And we'll talk about that in a minute because that's what I call the brush fire technique. But um, in particular, I really love Facebook right now just because of the fact that there's over a billion people on Facebook. There's lots of people that are um, on there multiple times a day. Like the, the average person is on there three to five hours a day, the average Facebook you know, consumer. Wow. And so um, and the, what really got me, Marnie, was last year uh, Comscore did the study and uh, I put it into a presentation. It's the called, if anyone wants to look it up, it's called the Comscore 
C-O-M-S-C-O-R-E, 2013 Digital Future and Focus. It was a report that they did. And what, it, what really, I wish you could see the visual, but there's a pie chart, and you see this one section. Basically what, it, what they said was they found that people spend 83% of their time on Facebook as compared to all the other social media platforms that there are out there. Oh, I mean, that, just, that blew me away because I really thought, because you hear in the media and the celebrities uh, seem to use Twitter a lot more, right? So you, you kind of have this perception that Twitter is really, really big. But when it really boils down to it, Twitter is only, actually I have the chart up here, Twitter is 1.7% of the time that people spend on it. So it seems wow. like it's bigger, but it's, it's a noisy platform, and, it, and, and a lot of celebrities use it to uh, you know, voice what they're doing, which maybe may, you may or may not like. But certainly Facebook is way, way bigger. It's the behemoth of all of them. It's 50 times as much as Twitter. Wow. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I had no idea that there was that big of a difference between the, especially, especially with Google Plus coming up, um, you know, that's, I, I personally prefer Facebook way, way over Google Plus. But I guess just before we take a break here, what is your personal opinion about Google Plus? Is that going to come and swallow up Facebook in a couple of years? Um, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen with it, but certainly it's been met with, um, I don't know, um, people are people go on it and they're using it. Some people find that it's working well. I have a client right now who's in aromatherapy, and she's very big in that, uh, in that domain. She said that Facebook by far is definitely the, the biggest platform for her, but her number two is Google+. So yeah. I think it really depends on your market, and I would never say only use Facebook and that's all you should use because that's the only thing there is, but because it really depends on the kind of clients that you want to attract. You know, if you, let's say you want to attract a, a more corporate employee-based um, kind of a, a consumer, then LinkedIn might even be better for you. So exactly. I always say let's look at who you're trying to attract, who's your perfect ideal client, and let's look at all the, way, all the places where they may hang out and go there to attract them in. So, and that might even be, you know, old school type advertising too. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe it's a trade association. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a trade show. It doesn't have to be online. It doesn't have to be social media just because that's where, you know, all the popularity is right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is Marty visiting today with Shane Johnston. He's our expert on Facebook strategies for you. We're going to come right back uh, in the middle here. You can check out his website at raw and realmarketing.com. We're going to come back and talk about uh, why Facebook power is so powerful and how to crack code, and he says it's not what you think. So come back. We'll be right here in about 30 seconds. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's women's events. .info. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today is Shane Johnson. We're talking about Facebook strategies for you, especially if you want to get the word out about your business, your speaking, your book, your 
product, your services, whatever, and you aren't just supposed to scream at people, right, Shane? That's what we learned in the first 15 minutes. Don't just go yelling. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to attract them in. There's much better ways to do this. So let's talk about cracking the Facebook code. And I, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious where you're going to take us here. We've talked about that you aren't supposed to just do the, you know, the sale ends tomorrow night at midnight thing. So what do mm-hmm. you do? Well, so the thing with Facebook is you kind of have to, and this is true of any medium really, you really have to think about what medium are you talking in and what is the headspace or what is the mindset of the person, the average person that's in there. The average person that's on Facebook isn't there like some of us are where we're there for business and commerce. So you have to understand that that's where they're coming from and that's what you know is in their minds. So it, you know, given that, you have to communicate to them in a way that um, is indicative of the reason that they showed up there. Now, when you think about Facebook, the primary reason people show up there, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people are living quite lives of desperation and they're you know, not happy at their job or they're not happy with their boss or they're not happy with their spouse. Something's just not working well for them. And they turn to Facebook like we turn to other forms of entertainment just to kind of escape a little bit. And we also turn to Facebook to see the world through other people's eyes, to be entertained, to communicate and connect with friends and family. So they're not there to listen to a brand talk. And as a matter of fact, if you get this part wrong and you show up doing that kind of yelling in people's faces and um, saying, come by for me kind of thing. And even if you don't say, come by for me, I mean, people can sniff it out. They're pretty sophisticated buyers now pretty sophisticated users of social media and they can tell right away if you're just trying to trick them and you really want them to come do something for you and you're in it for some kind of um, selfish reason. So that's why I always say, you know, in your heart, you have to truly show up to help people. So when you're on that platform, and this is where I say it's not what you think, when you're on that platform, that platform needs to be used to connect with people, to build relationships, to build affinity with them, to build trust because you know, when they first see your brand showing up in their newsfeed, their their first reaction is, "Why the heck?" You know, I didn't I didn't subscribe to this uh, brand. You know, it's like when people first uh, start watching TV and there's a commercial on it. Um, and it's a little different on Facebook because we feel like when we log into Facebook and we've got our private you know newsfeed showing up with all the information that we've subscribed to from our friends and maybe a few brands that we like, uh, we kind of expect that that's the only information that's going to show up. But now Facebook has become a public company, and so they need to answer to the shareholders. So they have to build shareholder value. And so doing, they're making it a better place for businesses to advertise, and so now there's paid advertising. And when you pay for your advertising, you can push your information to people that haven't necessarily subscribed to you or liked your page. So when the the normal consumer sees that show up in their newsfeed, they get upset about it, and sometimes they'll make comments. And say why the you know why the and sometimes they'll swear they they'll tell you exactly how they feel, and you know get this stuff get get this crap off of my newsfeed it shouldn't be here this is my newsfeed, right my news my so, <laughs> yeah, so the way you show up is you have to socialize you have to be you know mix it with a little bit of entertainment maybe a little bit of humor, um, you can do that with memes and and all kinds of different things riddles ask questions. You know, give a little bit of education. So really, you know, what I'm talking about here, Marnie, is we're being human, right? 
right. it's, it's really no different than the way you would be in real life. But for some reason, when we show up as brands on social media or any kind of um, media that we feel is commercialized, we show up speaking a different way. You know, we're not, we're not being our normal selves. So if we just be our normal selves, and so the idea is build that relationship there, build the affinity, give some education, and at the right moment, this is the jab, 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 right hook, at the right moment, you can off, make an offer to them. And I don't mean an offer to spend money. I mean make an offer to them that you want to, maybe they want to further the relationship with you in terms of understanding what it is that you're offering. So you give them education, kind of like what I used to do with that ebook. only we're doing this in more bite-sized increments. And so you'll offer a little bit of uh, knowledge that might help them get one more step further to their desired end result. And so to do that, what you do is give them a link so that they come to your website. Or, you know, so the idea here is we're building that rapport with them on Facebook, but then in order to get them to the point where they might consider doing some kind of commercial activity with you, you have to move them away from Facebook. And the idea there is because of that, uh, that concept that I talked about, that when they're in Facebook, their mindset is different. They're there for socializing and you know, connecting with people. So use it for that. But then when you want to educate them, move them outside of Facebook. So you can move them to your, uh, to your blog or your channel or your, maybe even your YouTube channel. Just get them out of Facebook so you can start communicating to them in a way where their mindset is a little different now. And now they're open and their, their mindset is kind of concentrated on what you have to tell them about. They're, not, they're still probably not ready to do any commerce with you but they are ready to learn from you. And so if you can get them over there and then educate them a little and put them into a sequence where you're, maybe you get them one step further and maybe a couple days later you get them a little bit further than that, and then at some point in time it's okay to make an offer to do some, some commerce transaction with you. It's so interesting that it has moved from like uh, placing an ad in a newspaper to this where you really are placing an ad, of course, but you're just saying, I'm asking you to look at something. Instead of having the ad be the thing you're looking at, you have to really do the teaser to just get them to look at an ad, basically now, mm-hmm. because it's just so uh, overwhelming, the amount of advertising that's coming at people. They just tune it all out. It's, it's all yep. tuned out. It's just, it's just gone. They don't even see it. Absolutely. We don't like- even see it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, if you parallel this to, you know, driving in your car along the along the highway, and you, you've got all these billboards. You know, once upon a time when billboards first started coming out, people used to look at them because they're entertaining, and and the type of messages they would they would put on them were different way back then too. But now we drive along, and you know, people aren't looking at those billboards anymore. They're driving along. They're either in deep thought, you know, they're in what we call alpha mode. So they're not thinking about what's up there on that thing. And even if they do happen to look at it, they're probably not going to wake up out of that alpha mode. And so it's the same thing when they're cruising through a news feed or cruising through the the Internet. They're not really awake to what it is that you have to offer unless you do a pattern interrupt and wake them up. So that comes in the form of the, the headline that you use and the images that you use. And images are extremely, extremely important on Facebook. And as you can see, I mean, today the, the uh, Facebook is in a little bit of disruption because they're making, it looks like they're making a bunch of changes. And so a lot of people are complaining right now. They're going, wow, what happened to my newsfeed? It's completely disappeared and everything I posted isn't on my wall anymore. 
and I run a coaching group, a private coaching group, and a lot of my coaching students are saying that they're putting up ads, and the ads are stalling out. It happens uh, maybe two or three times a year where they, Facebook does some major changes. It's all for the better. There's a little bit of disruption, but then we come out the other side, and they've made great changes. And one of the things, I mean, Facebook, uh, let's, you know, don't underestimate them. They are testing everything, and which is a good thing for us because they know what kinds of things people like and what they click on and what they comment on more than anyone. They have um, trillions and trillions of uh, databases right. on this stuff. And so they know that imagery is one of the biggest things. So, you know, when we create these ads, we want to create something that creates a pattern interrupt and wakes people up out of that alpha mode and but it is also a beautiful looking image, but it also has that social aspect to it too. So there's a, a lot of right brain stuff that goes into making that. Digressing just a tad because I think that part of uh, Facebook's um, hiccups this past few days was their launch of these personal videos. Have you seen one yet? The per- I guess, oh, I know they're everywhere now. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, that's taking... Yeah. Yeah, and that's taking that's taking a bit more um, band space and all that kind of stuff too as this goes. And I can imagine, I can imagine the pull on the site would probably be different. Although I'm sure they've thought about that in advance. It's um, it is true that you know it's it's really you know three steps forward, two steps back. And I think that's okay for all of us to step back and say, okay, Facebook has trouble when they when you know when they're launching a new thing, they hit some hiccups along the way too. It, it affects people. It's not all just smooth sailing, even for the giants, it's not all smooth sailing. And when we're trying to go forward, we maybe don't get 100% either, you know, so so to be realistic and say, we want to take a step forward. And if you are going to say, Shane, for somebody who has been yelling at people, somebody who's been really doing a lot of marketing, what would be like a first step that they could do right now that would probably give them some success as far as just stepping away from the megaphone and turning it into more of a, you know, come hither, whisper with a finger. <laughs> a finger. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good question, you know, and it's, it's a topic that um, I'm just in the middle of uh, doing a brand new product launch for my own self. First product launch that I've ever done for myself. I've always done it for other businesses. And so the product is going to be teaching people how to do these, um, these marketing funnels. You know, and doing product launches online using Facebook. And so it can get a little bit frustrating, but we spend a lot of time up front dealing with all of that right brain stuff. You know, how do you write the copy and how do you speak to people in a way that resonates with them and attracts them instead of, you know, yelling in their face? And so I tell, her, I tell all my students, the first thing that you need to do is just get out of your business. Because when you're sitting working in your business, you're so caught up in your own stuff that it's really hard for you to um, have some empathy for the people who might want to do some business with you or might need your products or services. So get out of your business. If, you're, if it's online and you're on a computer, then get away from your computer. If you have a physical location, get out of your physical location. And when I had a, a physical retail business, I used to do this at least once a year, maybe a couple of times a year, because I felt that in order to be better to my audience, and to attract them and to help them out more, I had, I had to go through an empathy exercise where I understood exactly what they were feeling and what they needed. And that was the way that I wrote my ebook. The, the way that I did it was I got out of my business. I said, okay, I'm just for a week, I'm not going to do anything but pretend I'm one of my customers 
and I'm going to go around to all my competition and shop them and pretend and go through the process. So now that was in a physical location. You can do this online too, and I do it every one of my uh, clients that I do product launches for. I will go out and I will, um, before I do anything in terms of creating the launch or creating the, uh, the, the, um, the ads that will go along with the launch or the funnel, what I'll do is I'll go around and I'll shop all their competition, and I'll even shop them. And in some ca- many cases, I'll go to their websites or go look at their advertising, and I'll click on the stuff, and I'll actually buy the stuff so I can feel what it feels like to be a client going through that process. Huh. And if you do that, you really, it, I call it the, you know, the empathy exercise. You really yeah. start to feel what it's like to be one of those um, clients. And a lot of times you find that, wow, this is really frustrating. Because these, the marketing funnels are often designed by businesses inside, who are working inside of their business and they're not thinking about what it feels like to be that client coming in. And so they're doing it from their own perspective, you know, and which is a selfish perspective. If you can design marketing in such a way and speak to people in such a way that it's taking on that empathy exercise and understanding exactly how they feel, you'll have no problem whatsoever attracting them in. But it means getting really right-brained. That is really good advice, really good advice. Um, we own a retail store and a restaurant as well as what I do online, and we really try to do that a lot um, whenever we're traveling especially. Uh, we, we go in and we observe and we really feel how it feels, and we usually come back with some great stories for our staff <laughs> about what we should and mm-hmm. should not do. <laughs> uh, it helps a it really does. It really does. I, I guess a good example of that was we have a we have a particular McDonald's that we went to as as our kids were growing up and we would be traveling and we, there was a McDonald's that was halfway to halfway to wherever we were going and we were kind of traveling in remote, uh, not too many choices. And so we joined with, but we named it we named it the beeping McDonald because um, they never turned off their uh, alarms whenever you know the French fries would be ready or whenever something would be ready. The alarm goes off and they would just leave them run. They would just leave them on. So you'd be in the, you know, eating area listening to beep, 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 you know, the whole time. And so we called it the beeping McDonald's. And so when I'm training people when at the restaurant, you know, that's one of the things I always tell them, you know, you just want to shut off the shut off the timer before you take the stuff out of the oven. And these things that um, if you're not paying attention don't matter. When you do pay attention, they can really add up to giving a client a good or a bad experience with you, uh, and 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 you'll you'll find that they've named you some things that maybe you didn't want to have the name. <laughs> yeah, well, that was something that I learned a long time ago in Dallas from this this company called Monopolizer Marketplace, and they they had this thing where they would kind of make us get into our into our customers' minds by saying, you know, you have an inside perception but then there's an outside reality and they never match. And you have to mm-hmm. talk to your clients. And this is actually a really good tip too to figure out, you know, get inside their mind and understand what they need. The, the real simple answer is ask them. You know, survey them, talk to them when they're in your place of business, whatever the case might be. We've done many launches like this too where we'll build up a list by giving, um, giving something out that helps them get a little bit closer to their desired end result and then you know build some affinity with them and then once you've got that affinity built up with them we turn around and say hey would you mind doing us a favor we're actually thinking about building a new product for you guys but we want to know exactly what you would like so would you answer a couple of questions and if you do that we'll give you a little gift at the end 
We did mm-hmm. it for a, an author that was a first-time book author, so she didn't have much of a following. We built up a list of not even a 1,000 people just using Facebook ads. It took us about three weeks to do that. And then we turned around and, and asked her, and well, we gave them some stuff that would help them. Then we turned around and asked them to fill out that survey, just that very technique that I just mentioned. And usually, you know, if you've ever done a survey before, usually you'll get maybe 1% or 2%, maybe 5% if you're really good. But we did this survey, and we turned around, and we got almost 500 responders back. So more than 50% wow. of the people responded, which is crazy. Right. And it was a big survey. It was like 10 questions long. So, And they told us exactly what they wanted, exactly what they wanted to see. And so we built uh, a training product that met the needs of what they said. That's the best way to do it, really. Wow. Awesome. That is so great. Yeah, you guys were visiting today with Shane Johnston. His website is rawandrealmarketing.com. We're going to come back and talk about Facebook marketing, the KISS test, as well as the brush fire marketing technique. We'll be right back. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life, the best life on planet Earth, followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblical based approach to goal setting and achievement. So check it out under the training tab at Marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg and our guest today is Shane Johnston. We're talking about Facebook strategies for you. And the next thing we wanted to address is something that Shane has called the KISS test. So go ahead and just explain to us how you kiss people on Facebook and why you would want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't really kiss anyone on Facebook or else my wife might be a little upset, but um, the (laughs) KISS test, and the KISS test isn't really, it's not not mine. It's it's something that I um, took from somebody else. His name is Evan Pagan, who is another big online marketer and just a wonderful guy. And he does a lot of what I'm talking about, this reciprocity-based marketing where he helps, 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 and then maybe makes an offer and asks for something in return. Anyway, he, um, he used to have this uh, website or this business called Double Your Dating where he would help um, mostly guys figure out how to uh, get what they wanted, which is not what most guys will say, you know, when they're in public. I mean, what they really want is a relationship, you know, a longer-term relationship, somebody to... Uh, talk to, somebody who understands, somebody that they can, you know, share intimate moments with, and, but they won't say that. So he knew this, and he knew that there was this whole continuum that you had to get to to be able to get to the point where you have a relationship. You can't just, you know, walk into a place and introduce yourself, and boom, all of a sudden you're in a relationship. So he said, okay, well, how can I help these guys who are having trouble trying to find a, a lasting relationship? Well, I know that you know, the first step on that continuum to get to that point. So the idea was he said, okay, I've got to get them that first big hurdle. You know, I can't get them all the way all at once because it's too much to take on. But what I can do is I can teach them how to uh, know that a girl is ready to be kissed. Mm. And the other thing that he uh, did was he taught them, you know, how do you break the ice with a girl, especially if you have to walk up to her and she's with all of her friends? 
you know, they're all sitting around the table and maybe you're with your friends and you walk over and it's that, you know, pivotal moment and you're kind of nervous and sweaty because you're thinking, what if I get rejected? So he would teach them how to break the ice and make that first, um, that first move and get her laughing and, and build some affinity really is what it is. And so the kiss test I I kind of apply it to everything that I do in the world of marketing. And every time I do a launch, I say, okay, what's, what's this particular um, person's uh, interests in terms of what's going to help them? Like, where do they want to get to? What's their desired uh, end outcome? But I can't get them to that point right away, especially on Facebook where everything is so noisy. So you've got to cut through that noise and find the one big thing that they need that's going to give them one giant step forward maybe not all the way to where they, you know, the end destination, but it's going to give them a giant step forward. So in my world, um, what I found is, like, you know, if I try to tell everyone all the different uh, tic- uh, tips and techniques and tricks that we use to build funnels to attract people in, in high volume and then buy from you all in a condensed period of time, that's too much for anyone to take on all at once. And, you know, who is this Shane Johnson guy? Why should I even listen to him anyway? So what I have to do is I have to give them that first step. So for me in my world, the first step is how do you run a like campaign to get a lot of fans on your page? Because that's kind of the first step. You know, before you can get to doing a larger launch and building commerce, you have to build a fan page and then you have to get fans to it. And sometimes that's a difficult thing for people to do. Well, we've kind of figured out the magic of that. And it's once you know how to do it, it's real simple. And as a matter of fact, we just had... Um, a friend of ours who is in uh, also in a marketing business, but he had a hobby page. It's a fishing page. And he started out with zero fans about a month ago. And he tried to do a couple of ads, and by the time he talked to us, he still only had two or three fans on the page. He's going, well, how do I do this? You know, organically, it's going to take a long time. And what we want to do is we want to get to the point where we're doing a podcast and a radio show to talk about fishing. So how do I do this quickly? So we showed him a couple of tricks. We helped him with a couple of ads. And as of this morning, this was only about two and a half weeks ago, and as of this morning, he cracked 10,000 fans on his page. Oh, so my goodness. <laughs> yeah, in like two and a half weeks. So he's, he's texting us wow. right now. He's in San Diego, and he's texting me and my partner, and he's going, wow, this is like crazy. How You guys are geniuses. And we're going, well, <laughs> it's not really that big of a deal once you see what we do. But it seems mm-hmm. to be the big step forward that everybody needs to take, and it's the first step forward, so it makes sense that that would be our KISS test. So in a lot of cases, we teach people how to do that first. And we'll give that right. out for free because we know that's the first step. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. So the KISS test really is to figure out uh, what is it going to take for somebody to actually see me and not only see me, but say, that's maybe something or someone I'm interested in working with. Mm-hmm, yeah. It gets them to kind of figure out, to sample who you are and what you have to yeah. offer in a way that's unobtrusive and, you know, allows them to, to build trust with you and build that affinity with you mm-hmm. before committing to something bigger. Wow. Wow. I'm just out of curiosity, like what kind of a budget would, did did he have, I don't know if you can even share that, but um, what, what kind of a budget are you talking for somebody to go from zero to 10000 in a couple of weeks? It's not as big as you think. Everyone thinks the, the mm. companies spend mm. thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, we've mm. done this hundreds of times now, and 
uh, to do something like that, you're looking at, it depends, I mean, we have very, we probably did about 10 or 12 different kinds of ads and averaged anywhere from two cents per like on up to, I think the most we spent was 16. And 16 okay. is too much. I, I think the probably the average that we can get it to is between three and six cents per like per okay. fan. That's pretty typical. That's pretty good. Cool, cool. Well, can we go straight on to the brush fire marketing technique? What is that about? Sure, absolutely. I mean, the brush fire technique, um, it's something that I dubbed back in, again, in the physical world. So when I had I, um, when I had a retail store, and this was at the time where I was just kind of learning about all this reciprocity-based marketing, and I really didn't even know what it was that I was doing. I just knew that I was helping people, and they seemed to be resonating with it. And they would come into my store and, you know, they're practically friends with me before I even, uh, before right. I even had met them. So I knew something was working with it. I just didn't understand quite what it was. But so the brush fire marketing technique, what I would do is um, in, in my world at that point in time, and still even to this day, a lot of these uh, retail stores will do what's called a parking lot sale or a truckload event. You know, furniture stores do a lot of uh, tent sales, that kind of thing. And so we would put about a million dollars of hot tubs and pools out on the parking lot and have this big tent event. So, and everyone kind of, it had been going on for a while and everyone was kind of getting immune to it because they know they knew that you did it at least once or twice a year. And we'd sell scratch and dents and floor models and even some brand new ones with some special deals. But the sales were starting to wean because people were getting used to that. And there were so many of them around. Everyone was, everyone was copying them. So I had to come up with a different way. So what I did was for two months prior to um, a big sale event, what I would do is I would go around and I would do, I would show up at all the different events in my local town. So I would sponsor the mayor's golf tournament and not just the mayor's golf tournament, but I would sponsor a hole in one so you could win a hot tub on the front nine and the back nine. Well, guess who goes to the mayor's golf tournament? All the affluential people who can afford to buy hot tubs and pools. And I got a front row seat to meet them all and talk to them. I didn't try to sell though. I was just there to have a good time, you know, show them a good time. If somebody asked me about the hot tubs, we would talk about it. But for the most part, I was building rapport with these people and getting them to know me. And then I would go to sidewalk sales. I would show up at the malls. I would do the fall fair. And everywhere I went, I would see my competitors. But they would show up and they would run kind of mini parking lot events, mini um, tent events. And they would bring a whole bunch of hot tubs and, you know, they're spending money to be at this thing. So they think that at the end of that weekend, they have to make a bunch of money to pay for it. Whereas what I would do is I'd show up, I would put, I would build it like it was your backyard. I'd have some waterfalls going, I'd have the hot tub with water in it, I'd have the music on, I'd probably have a barbecue, you know, roasting a roast, a, a roast on the barbecue. I would even put uh, pool tables and things like that in a tent. So I would make it like it was your home and I'd invite everyone in to have fun. And in the, in the evening at the fall fair, I'd have, you know, a campfire going. So they would come and literally I would have like 100 to 150 people all packed around my area. And then you'd look down the lane and you'd see the other guys who had about, you know, 50 more hot tubs than I did. And they'd have maybe one or two people in their group and they'd be going, why is this guy attracting all these people? But the reason was I wasn't trying to push. I wasn't trying to sell. I was just trying to get to know people and build rapport. And then what, but the, what I would do, and the key, this is the key, anywhere you go, whether it's online or a trade show or wherever, you have to have some way of obtaining, of obtaining the lead so that you can follow up with them. So what I would do in this case is I would do a draw. You could win a hot tub in your backyard for a week 
Well, everybody wanted that, so they all filled it out. And I'd say at the bottom, would you mind if I contacted you the next time we're doing an event? And then about a week before the actual event where I was going to sell, I would write a handwritten note to all of the people I had met, everyone who had filled out a thing. It would take, you know, I'd spend like five hours every night just handwriting notes. And I would put a little um, name badge with their name on it with a lanyard so they could put it around their neck. So when they walked into my store, I could say, hi, Joe. I could see see who they were because they had the the name on. And I would do an event where it would be like, um, you know, wine and cheese and make it all nice and I'd have hot tubs that they could try out and robes and towels and just make it fun. And so inevitably what would happen, and this would be the night before that it would actually open to the public. And I'd say, okay, this is the VIP night. Well, so they would show up in droves. They had a good time. They had, they had already gotten to know me. And so what would happen is I would oversell my quota for the entire weekend or for the entire oh. week. So... Oh. And so the, what happens is everybody who, myself included, but everybody who works in the store comes into the real event for the public feeling great. They're feeling positive. Right. They have you know, positive uh, uh, outcome because they know they're already covered on quotas and we're, we're just right. going to have no a good desperation. time. Right, no desperation. Yep. So the idea is you know, bring that online too. So we do that online. Like we do a lot of uh, funnels where we do a webinar. And so what we'll do is we'll do that same concept online. We'll do a brush fire technique where we're showing up at all the different things. So like me doing this interview with you, that's brush fire technique. I do lots of different interviews. I'm on lots of different platforms. People are seeing me show up everywhere. And so the brush fire technique really is simply just light little fires all over the place and help people. And before you know it, you have this big brush fire burning. That is so great. And I'm going to address the person right now who's listening and saying, is this all fake? Is it contrived? I mean, like, are you just using people or do you really care? And I already know your answer, Shane, because I know you a little bit, but um, just just address that for people. Well, so, I mean, people can tell, right? You can tell if, I mean, yes, it's contrived because you have, marketing is about contriving something so that you have, you're attracting people in, helping them out, and hopefully some of them will want to stay, but it's doing it in a way that's not forced. But yes, the, the whole funnel has to be contrived, otherwise people like me wouldn't exist, people who build marketing um, launches. Um, but without that, it's hard for people to know about you. You know, if, it's like I said at the beginning, the, the biggest issue facing entrepreneurs this year is being able to be heard through all the noise, but being heard in a way that helps people and not, you know, forces them to come do something with you. So is it contrived? Yes, in a way, but it's done in in an authentic and genuine way because I put my stuff out there and I help my clients put their stuff out there to attract people in. The ones who want to come will come. The ones who don't will self-filter out. Yeah, right. And I think, I mean, when you think about contriving, um, actually the, you, you're, contri- you're con- basically, if you're going to use that as the description, you're contriving about everything you do. You think ahead about what you're going to eat for lunch because if you don't, you, can't, you don't get anything to eat. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to make something, you have to go to the store, you have to prepare. Everything in life takes preparation and thoughtful consideration. And I think that I agree with just the bottom line um, analysis is you can tell if someone cares or if they're just using you. And if they're just using you, then you kind of run the other direction usually. But if someone really cares, but they also have a product they're selling, 
that's okay. It's that's how this all works, and and that's how, like you said, if people don't know about you, they can't they can't buy from you because they don't even know you're there. So it's so important. Mm-hmm. We have one last segment. We're going to come right back and talk about the one thing that you must have as part of your strategy right now. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Well, we just continue to experience so much growth over at womenspeakers.com. And if you are a Christian and a woman speaker, we would love to help promote your availability to the thousands of event planners that come over there looking for speakers from all over the country and all over the world. So just check out womenspeakers.com. Shane, this hour is just flying by, and I don't want to have us run out of time here to go ahead and talk about the one thing that every business entrepreneur should have as a strategy now. So go ahead and take us into this segment. Sure. I can't believe we only have 10 minutes left. but I know. This one's a short, <laughs> I know. It's been, it's been great. This one's a short answer, really. Every business, especially in 2014, needs to be list building. You know what I mean by list building? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and describe it, though. Yeah, it's it's kind of like what I was describing in the offline world where I would go to these events and I would collect leads. Well, the same thing can be done online, too. So every time we start, every time we're about to do a launch, we'll go into a pre-launch where we're just giving to our community, helping them out, getting them to that at least the first step, if not the second and third step, towards their desired end result. And we do that you know, just through helping our community. And, but in order to do that, I mean, there's certain information we'll give out for free, you know, live on our Facebook wall or live on our blog. But then if you want to get a little bit further and, you know, learn some real hardcore tactics and how-tos, well, we're willing to share that, but we do that by trading an email address and a name. So if you enter your email address and a name, then we'll give a lot more information for you. Well, that's building a list. And that's also that tactic that I described earlier where you're moving people away from Facebook. Now they're in more of a mindset where they're open to learning from you. And because you're starting to build a list, now you can go back to them to further the communication along uh, even further and help them more. I don't mean go back to them and just start spamming and you know selling them stuff. Right. I mean go back and help them more, further the conversation, further... Uh, them along because if you can further that continuum and get them a little closer to their desired end result, then that's going to build trust. It's also going to allow them to get to know you in a way that they realize, wow, you know, this person really can help me. This is exactly what I need. Or it could be the inverse of that. It could be I've tried a couple of these things and still not quite resonating with me, or maybe I'm not making a connection with that person or that company, so I'm going to back out and they can opt out of your list. So list building is by far the number one uh, tactic that everyone needs to be doing because with that, you can go back and communicate to them anytime you want. And a lot of marketers in my world, they say the money is in the list, and that is very, very true. 
Yeah. Now, one of the things that um, we've noticed more recently is that Google for sure and uh, Google Mail and probably some of the other ones too have begun assisting people, assisting me, assisting you, assisting the general public in helping us sort through who is the personal versus the socials versus the promotions. How is that affecting people's list building um, success or not the building part of it, but the actual results of it? Have you seen a difference since, since uh, those, those uh, different files have been created? Well, um, I guess yes and no. Yes, I see it happening in terms of um, them filtering out a lot of the crap that's out there. And but I think that's that's a great thing because as a marketer, if you're if you're not putting crap out there and you're not spamming people, then you're going to be fine, you know, because they want that information. So um, the email autoresponder software companies, the ISPs, you know, Google, everyone's working towards cleaning up a lot of the spam that's out there because let's face it, there is still way too much. I still get it in my inbox uh, way too much. But there's there's better and better tools to filter that stuff out. And as a marketer, if you're genuinely contributing to your audience, that means they're going to be clicking and opening your stuff. And those are all signs and signs that, um, that they measure to determine whether or not you could be potentially a spammer. Yeah, and which file so, you <laughs> Yeah, and so you, you get you know, kind of a quality score that's assessed to you. And if you do too much of that stuff and your quality score goes down, then yeah, a lot of your stuff is not going to get delivered. Yeah, that's right. And for those of you who haven't done anything with a list, there is a law now in place, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you do have to have a way in your email for someone to unsubscribe. If they've said, yes, you can send me stuff, you have to have a, the ability right at the bottom of your email for them to click something that allows them to unsubscribe, to, to actually get off of your list so that you will stop sending them stuff mm-hmm. by choice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've really come a long way from probably five or eight years ago where there were really no controls and it was just craziness. Um, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a lot more in place now. So if a person wanted to begin list building, um, Shannon, and you mentioned the guy that you guys helped go from zero to 10,000 Facebook fans. Um, and then the next step would be to actually get them over to his website and to try to try to have for them something that they would take advantage of. Have you seen the, the, the newer designs? I'm sure you must have seen the newer designs where you get to the Facebook or the, the actual website and immediately the offer pops up at you with a little X in the corner if you want to go down and see the main content of the page. There's, yeah. there's that one. There's other versions of that. Do you have like an input for us? Do you have a preference? Do you have anything that you've seen about those that are good or bad or indifferent? Yeah, um, I've used them several times. I gotta admit, though, that's one of those things where I kind of go through the empathy exercise and I say, okay, well, you know, as a user coming to your site, and that thing is popping up on me every time. Uh, I know a couple of sites that I really love, but that darn pop-up happens every time. I know. So mm-hmm. it's annoying as a user. It's annoying, especially uh-huh. if it's not your first time to that site. So if I, I don't use them on my own site anymore, but if I do, then what I'll do is I'll set it so that it pops only on your first time. And then if you say, you know, click off on it, then the next time you come, it's not going to pop. But most of the time, I don't even put that on anymore. 
Yeah. Well, that was my, um, actually, I was having a conversation with the marketer the other day talking about that, and I really hate them so much myself. And I think we have to go with that uh, resonance um, thing again where if it's something that really turns you off personally, don't do it just because you think it might be effective. You need to have something that feels good and comfortable to you. I remember a couple of years ago, Shane, working with a, a marketing group, and, and it never felt good to me the whole time. It it just felt kind of not scammy. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but it wasn't me. I usually give mm-hmm. away, and it wasn't me at all. And and it ended up it ended up generating some income, but I never felt good about it. And I really learned a lesson that time. That was even if it can generate some money, even if it isn't scammy, if it doesn't fit with who I am and what I stand for, with really why I'm here, then I'm not going to do it. And maybe you can just speak to that for a listener here too. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you because I I know, and this is where I'll turn my industry inside out a little bit. I know a lot of marketers, especially if you're working with a client, your job is really to increase the customer value and to get more sales, more leads. And so as a marketer, you tend to get caught up in that. And so certainly as a marketer, that technique will increase your customer value because it's going to create more leads and more clients for you because that technique does work. There's no question that technique works. But the question is, at at what cost is that? You know, are are you upsetting more customers in the process? And are you making their experience not a fun one? Because if I have to come to your site every time and that thing pops, I might want really want your information, but if that thing is so annoying to me that it makes me not want to be there, then I'm not really going to become a, a client of yours, even though I otherwise would have. Yeah, right. So, you know, the customer experience has got to be a big part of that. You can't deny that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, thank you, Mr. Johnston, for being here today. You guys, you want to go check out his website, rawandrealmarketing.com. Shane, when they get there, is there anything in particular you want them to look for or click on? I mean, if if they're just resonating with you and what you've been talking about and they want to learn more, where, where should they go first when they get to your site? Well, on that site, I have a few blog posts where I, you know, talk about these kind of things and I, I kind of give information on so things like how to run a contest or how to write a good headline that will pull people in and attract them. But if you really want to learn something more, then, hey, you're probably going to need to get on my list. And to do that, if you wanted to learn something like, say, that like campaign that I was talking about that we did for the phishing site, then go to our Facebook page, which I run with my partner, Ryan Skelly. And together, we both do a lot of videos, and we just give that out for free. We probably do more videos than anything, Um, not so much blog posts. We like videos better. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash area 51 advertising, you'll see in the about section, there's a little link that you can go to and get on our list. And we'll show you, we have a mind map that we give you on how to create the ads. We show you how to build an ad in Facebook and we show you how to do that like campaign too. Awesome. Head right over you guys. That is facebook.com forward slash area 5151 advertising at Facebook. Okay, Shane, thanks a million. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks, everyone. Okay, and thank you all for being here. We can't have a show without listeners, so thank you for coming. For those of you who listen live today, thank you. And for those of you who are listening after the fact, we love you too and so grateful that you come. For those of you who are listening to the membership zone at marty.com, thank you to you for partnering with us. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time at martysfriends.com. Bye-bye.